Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And today, we're talking about how this thing started. <laughs> um, it's kind of wild, man, because, you know, Kevin and I, we've been doing this TV show now for how many years, bro? Yeah, I, I want to think it's 14 seasons uh, for me on Two Guys. Crazy. Wow, that's insane. That's a long time, brother. God. Wow, that's crazy. So, you, it's funny because Kevin came from a completely different background and path to being on two guys than than i did mine's vastly different um his is a wild story because his the way he was recruited and the thing was sort of this chaotic about it all the fire that he was thrown into is such a wild story and such a unique um story i i, I gotta get him to tell it but today we're just talking about you know how we came to be on the tv show a, a lot of shows that we've done before Two Guys Garage or, you know, while doing Two Guys Garage? Yeah, it's been an interesting ride. You know, I I didn't plan on being on car TV, right? I was never on my radar. It just sort of crossed paths with me. And, you know, I jumped on that train and, and uh, you know, we both do other things besides car TV. Uh, and so we've both been doing those for 25, 30 years now uh, and mixing in car television. You do car radio. We do car podcasts. Uh, so it's been an awesome journey to do so many things. Uh, there's two guys that are more busy on this planet than us. I'd like to meet them because uh, I'd like some tips on how to breathe and how to catch your breath, you know, uh, but it's been a cool journey. Yeah, it is so wild when you think about, you know, just the the car routes, right? Because you got the car bug early on. I I got bit by the car bug early on. It's always been, you know, a thing I've I've been crazy passionate about. Um, and that car bug obviously led us down the path to the the combination of you know the two guys garage show, but other avenues that uh, we've been able to explore and have fun with as well. It, it's wild, isn't it? How one day the love of a car. Or, you know, a road course or a quarter mile track or just the sound of a V8 or the performance of, you know, hearing them squealing tires because if you ain't first, you're last. Uh, just the performance stuff. It, it's wild how that adventure, how that storyline and how the trajectory of you, your car friends, sort of navigate life. And it's therapeutic. It's, it's rewarding. Uh, and it is a big time passion with so many of my friends. It's uh, such a unique culture. Well, I think that's the one thing that connects us all is, is the passion, right? It's that shared passion. And uh, people come from all walks of life, but you walk through any car event and almost everybody's a buddy of some sort, right? You have this huge connection and it's the passion for the car, the build, the drive, everything that goes with it. Um, you know, you can go through daily life and, you know, not sure where you fit in and you go to any kind of car event and you're like, this is it. This is, these are my peeps. This is what we do. You know, like this is our drug basically, you know, this is where I throw away all my money, my time, my energy, my thoughts. Um, but yeah, for us, it's been great because that passion has, um, 
it's really sort of grown into right these opportunities to do the television and to you know to just kind of share some of that passion with everybody else who's you know just as hungry as we are um yeah man which is kind of wild so uh we're gonna share some of that with you today including things that we get to plug into nowadays things that probably are related in some ways to the tv show and things uh that have absolutely nothing to do with tv show but somehow are a part of the mechanism that is the car community culture and why we're so passionate about it. So anxious to talk to you today. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And we're back right after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up. And today we're talking, well, we're talking about the road that put us here, which is kind of a wild road because everybody's got these paths of you know, being a car guy, whether it's car shows, racing, whether it's, you know, just hanging out with your buddies, putting an engine or a car or a truck together and, you know, just enjoying that camaraderie that occurs when you're doing a project like that. Man, there is such a cool communal feeling about car enthusiasts. And when you put them together on a show, that usually shines. But it's it's a very interesting path. The more I learned about Kevin, the more I couldn't believe the path that he had because it's such a wild ride. I was like, you did what? <laughs> Uh, it was really a cool trip for you uh, to kind of uh, uh, get here. Well, I, I'm going to get some stories with you too, man. You've been on some amazing car television shows. You've got a huge collection of cars yourself. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, I think for the two of us, coming from two different directions, landing in one spot, you know, but we instantly have bonded. We've been friends ever since, uh, partners in crime. Uh, so it's going to be fun sharing some stories back and forth. And uh, I don't know when you started, what year, and how many years it's been in total. I know it's a ton now. I think I'm approaching about 20 years of car television, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, Back when car TV was pretty bland, pretty boring, and exploded. I got really lucky to get into that sort of first wave of uh, really great shows, like Back in Overhauling, you know, where all yeah. of a sudden it was like, wow, that's prime time. You know, people yeah. that weren't even car people were watching shows like that. Yeah, man, it was wild to see the, the sort of uh, the explosion that became Car TV. Now there's, you know, there's so many shows. You, every every channel, every satellite feed, every you know streaming service has got you know several brands available for you. But it's wild because this is the longest running, like you know, sort of repair type show, which is kind of wild in its own right to be on this. But at the same time, the overhaul and path was such a you know such a wild dynamic. This is always a, a time crunch. It was always like, wow, well, are they going to get it done? Is it going to be revealed? All that, all that stuff that would make you nervous sitting in the seat of your couch, you know? Well, that was the first era of uh, reality TV, you know? So it was coming off the backs of Real World and, you know, some of those shows. Uh, I remember, um, so I got, I got pulled into overhaul and I actually started on a show called Rides, which goes way back. So it was a documentary series. It had Jason Priestley uh, narrating. And it was oh, wow. the first show because, right, Speed Channel used to be a lot of NASCAR and stuff, you know, which is great. Yeah. But it didn't have all those other variety and different perspectives. Uh, so Rides was a documentary and it was kind of looking at cars that show up at SEMA that are above and beyond. You know, we think about bolting on parts and maybe painting a car, restoring it. SEMA cars are light years, you know, and levels mm -hmm. above. And it was kind of documentary documenting how those are built you know and it was really cool but uh overhauling kind of 
followed in um god there was there was a show uh and they actually punked the guy it was a reality show and everybody was in on it except him and i remember when uh the director the producer for rides that i was working on said hey i got an idea for a show called overhauling and it's going to be a reality show we're going to stick you in a garage we're going to give you a week and we're going to see what you can do and if you fail you fail and i was like Wow, I just watched a show where a guy got totally punked on a reality show. This sounds pretty scary, <laughs> you know? Um, but it ended up being amazing, although it was extremely painful building a car in a week. I'll tell you that. Now, when you say building a car in a week, you got to dive into that a little bit because when, when people think about building a car in a week, A, it just doesn't seem possible in that regard we we through the magic of television you know we say we'll be right back after the break and i gotta tell you man there's there's sometimes several hours that go by before we fire up the cameras again and be like all right i think we got it (laughs) Uh, sometimes there's a lot of work you know you guys don't see it on tv show because you just refilled your coffee came back after the commercial break you know meanwhile we've been killing it for a couple hours um but yeah man that that does happen well overhauling was brutal especially i did the pilot and the pilot you know blew up and it sold and the network you know launched it it was discovery tlc uh and then it did tons and tons of episodes season after season in those first two seasons um it was tough because you know the idea was there'd be four or five of us or whatever so i think it was like four of us and chip and that first pilot um and it ended up being you know one of the first episodes and uh you know the producer had no idea where it was going to go, right? It's just a pilot. And he just said, okay, guys, go. And, you know, Chip wasn't crazy famous. He was just, you know, a really well-known kind of builder in a very niche. But everybody that showed up at the table just put their A game on. And they're like, well, if you're going to put a camera on me, you know, if you're going to challenge me, <laughs> right? I'm going to step it up. So I don't think I slept for three, three and a half days the first part of that wow. build. And everybody put on their A game and the producer, you know, had lots of cameras and they just kind of filmed everything. You just had probably thousands of hours. And his eyes just were out of his sockets the whole time. Like, oh my God, I had no idea what you guys were going to do. And everybody stepped it up. You know, the car, we stripped down to bare metal, media blasted, moving sheet metal. We tucked bumpers, we shaved, we, you know, handle, we did everything you would do on a high-end car, literally in seven days. Like it doesn't seem possible. And every build that I was on, I'm like, there's no way we're going to do this. And every time at the end, I was like looking backwards, like there's no way that just happened. I was here the whole time and I still don't believe it happened. Uh, But it was just insanity of challenging the right or wrong guys to step it up. And dude, those cars were awesome. Like full legit powertrain swaps, like shaving metal killer paint jobs custom interiors like unbelievable but hurt it hurt (laughs) it took me a couple of weeks afterward to catch up on sleep and everything else to get those shows done it's kind of it's kind of wild to to think what you endured and kind of went through um but you look back now typically those are the best stories right those are the ones that if you had a highlight reel if you're like wow I'm pretty proud of that, and I'm pretty excited I was able to do this and this and this and everything. You know, the kind of, 
you know, push you to the edge. Because, you know, you always find the strength in struggle. And sometimes, man, when you're knee deep in the grits, baby, uh, you come out, you come <laughs> out, you know, shining on top. You, you just feel like a better person. Like Makes everything easy after that, right? Yeah, man. You know, that show reminds me of, of the experience. Uh, and, and it got easier because they realized they were going to burn people out. You know, so after a season or two, they started adding, you know, just help. You know, some of the sponsors and parts, they'd bring a couple dudes in and, you know, they had a full-time body person and a paint person, but still a week to coordinate all that craziness. But it reminded me of, what's that show, Naked and Afraid? Yeah, yeah. Where they throw someone in the jungle for like 21 days mm -hmm. and they're just getting eaten up by bugs <laughs> and they haven't eaten and they've got diarrhea because they drank some swamp some water bark. and, you know. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. All for what? Some silly TV show, right? And that's the same thing we did was like drinking the swamp water, trying to stay up another day to, you know. That's hilarious, man, because I got friends that have done Naked and Afraid. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. I can't uh, even imagine. Yeah, right. Uh, that's wild, man. So so you're on, were you on Rides as well? Yeah, that's where it started. So Rides was that documentary, and okay. I, I was engineering it for it. And I had concepted up uh, a stretched version of the Coyote engine. This is pre-Coyote when it was a 4.6. Okay. And we were working on Coyote-like upgrades. So we okay. had a bunch of stuff brewing. And, um, you know, I was pretty new at the company at Ford. And I knew Chevy real well. Uh, always a Chevy kid. And I was kind of asking questions on why, um, why don't we have a Corvette? Why don't we have a Viper? And everybody kind of said, well... You know, powertrains are so investment heavy. We just don't have anything that could compete against the Viper V10 or the, the Corvette engine or whatever. And I was like, wow, we need displacement. We need RPM. We need power. And I just kind of configured, well, why don't we do um, a unique version of the Coyote as a 10-cylinder with a common pen crank? You know, we could use the Cobra R heads, which was on the 05 GT. So we got 05 basically GT heads before they were on the GT because I was in prototyping. So anyway, we prototyped up this awesome uh, short deck aluminum V10, so a 40-valve Coyote engine, and uh, dropped it in the Cobra R mule vehicle that we used to develop the Cobra R Mustang, and uh, started, you know, shopping the thing around. Next thing you know, um, the Ford GT was getting launched in another part of the company that we didn't know. And so there was a whole big like stir on, could we get it in the car in time? And so we ran out of time for that car, but the uh, VP uh, came and said, hey man, we just missed the window getting in the GT. We should have got it in that GT instead of that V8 supercharger, but we're gonna spin off that GT into a Cobra Roadster and a GR1 supercar. And we're gonna put that V10 in it. So let's go to the auto show. So wow. I got to work with Carol Shelby and the first V10, we dressed it up. We built the baddest, biggest displacement version and we dropped it in literally a Cobra a concept car for the auto show here in Detroit and all the way around. And that's what the film crew came in for rides to film a documentary. So the next thing I know, I'm at my normal day job and a camera crew comes in and is just kind of hovering around, you know, filming, checking out all the stuff we're doing for six months or whatever. And it was during that time that the same producer said, Hey man, uh, this is really going awesome. I've got this other show I'm thinking about. Uh, I think I might call it overhauling. And he starts pitching me the ideas and I, you know, bouncing stuff back and forth. He's like, I need an engine guy. Why don't you fly out to California and meet some guys and let's see what we can do. And that's kind of how it started. 
right? Wow. At work one day, a camera's up my you-know-what, <laughs> filming stuff. It turned out awesome. Um, working with Carol Shelby and That'd you know building some of the coolest cool, yeah. stuff ever. And it just spun into a pilot for Overhauling, which blew up and then did a bunch of those episodes. And then he had another show he wanted to do, so I helped him with that. And man, the ball was just rolling. And then from Overhauling, Right. How, how did the progression come into two guys? How did the leap occur uh, into uh, where you're at now? And have been for like 14 years or something. Yeah. So that day one on Overhauling, I met uh, Chip Foose, of course, and Brian Fuller, who was working for Chip. And uh, Brian okay. and I became just best buds because we're in the trenches. We're rubbing elbows. We're trading secrets. Like, here, let me show you something. You show me something. And, uh, you know, after doing couple of seasons you know i still work full time so i would do about two episodes a season each year you know pull my vacation days and uh after three or four seasons the same producer said hey man i got another cool car show in detroit where i lived he's like save your vacation don't do any more overhauling i want you to kick off another show so you know it's just laying some good groundwork making some great you know relationships, uh, trying to do good work. And so we did another show out of Detroit for a couple seasons on Speed Channel called Payback. And we were building uh, with a, a really high-end shop here in Detroit, building really cool custom cars for, for famous people to pay back somebody who helped them get where they were. Like Jay Leno, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Brooke Burke, um, Travis Barker. Built cars for Travis Barker. It was so cool. Uh, the guys from Corn, the band. So I got to yeah. build a ton of cool cars uh, for awesome celebrities. And um, yeah, rode that out for a couple of seasons. So that really stretched out a whole bunch of television, a whole bunch of work. Yeah. And how, how did you land? So obviously Fuller pulled you over knowing what you guys had done in the past. He landed that gig probably on two guys. Yeah, so he, he, uh, he got picked up on, on two guys when one of the guys had, had passed away. Uh, so he filled in with him and Sam Momolo. And, you know, it wasn't maybe a couple of year, two or three years later that Sam retired. And Brian said, hey, I know a dude. <laughs> so I know a dude. And I, I went down and I tried out and, and psh, man, the rest is history. So that was 14, 14 seasons ago. Crazy. Yeah, which is nuts. <laughs> uh, what a wild ride it's been. So pretty cool, man, on that part. And that's that's how you see Kevin on Two Guys Today. Yeah. What a crazy, out, out, out of everything you had your hands on, if you could put your hands on and keep one of them, right? Keep one build, one car that you've had something to do with, what would it be? Well, I'm going to tell you right after the break, and then we're going to flip the script. And we're gonna see how Willie got on Two Guys Garage and what cool ass stuff he was doing <laughs> beforehand. So we got a great little uh, wrap up here coming right after this break. Take us out, Willie. All right, man, it's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird, AKA Rides. Um, <laughs> I'm Willie B and we're back after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. You know, today we're talking about how we ended up on this crazy car TV thing. It's it's kind of been a wild ride, man. But something, you know what? I'll be honest. I absolutely love um, just because 
you know, to me, I'll give respect where respect is due. Uh, I come from a completely different path. I'm an old school racer guy. When I got partnered up with Kevin, uh, and to this day, I've been doing the show with this man for a decade plus. Every day I get to do the show with him, I learn something really cool because the guy is just a just an unbelievable resource, and he's so knowledgeable about so many things. Uh, it's been a cool. It's been a cool ride and one that I, I sit back and just appreciate everything you bring to the table, bro, because um, you, you present it in a way. My dad was an engineer and he couldn't carry on the conversation. You're an engineer <laughs> and you got you got some street credit, man, because you definitely provide it in a way that's easy to understand and easy to absorb, uh, but also explains it in, in so many ways. So that to me was something really new and really different when I first joined the show. Yeah, I, I kind of don't fit exactly in that engineering role, but, uh, you know, it's 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 in there. It's part of how my brain works, but, uh, you know, I'm a little squarish in a round hole some days, uh, but, you know, it works. <laughs> well, before I left, I said, okay, what was the car that you had your hands on that mm. you wish you could keep. You wish, yeah, I had a little bit to do with this build, but man, if I had any car, this is the one that I would take. You know, almost all of them, because almost all of them were just awesome. But I'll say there's there's a couple um, that were really meaningful. So that first overhauling pilot, um, right? The producer said, hey, fly out on whatever day it was, Tuesday and the next day we'll start filming. Uh, and I just started dating my wife. So we'd only been dating a couple of months, you know, from a distance. And it was that first road trip. I said, hey, man, I got pulled into this TV thing. Uh, how about if I shoot it for a couple of days and you catch the last day or two and we'll spend the weekend in California? She's like, okay. So she's going to fly out. And the schedule moved at the last minute. So I'm supposed to be wrapping up this show. And then we were supposed to have a little road trip in California together, our first road trip. And all of a sudden the schedule shifts and she's there like second day. And I'm like, I haven't slept in 24 hours. I'm not going to sleep for another six days. I'm so sorry. Just please take the rental car, go have some fun. And the next thing I know, uh, she turns around and she's in the background installing the radiator. You know, like she's over there nutting, bolting parts together. And I'm like, uh, well, you're supposed to go have fun. And she's like, I am having fun. This is great. And I'm like, I might have just fallen in love even more. And I might just have to keep this one. So, so yeah, man, she turned something terrible into something so cool. So that was probably one of my favorites. And then that Cobra I talked about with Carol Shelby, uh, getting to work with him when he was still. See, I, I, I called out. Yeah. The V10 Mustang. I sat out all the cars that I've ever heard you reference. You have this passion for that one because you had your, you had your arms so deep into the project. It, was, uh, it really had your signature on yeah, it. Yeah, it was never a, uh, you know, a blessed certified project. It never came from the top. It came mostly out of my head, rallying some guys around me. We formed a team. We all came together. We all had the same vision. And we just made it happen underground, whatever it took to get that thing started to get that kernel and get that first motor built and in, uh, in that prototype and then it exploded and just the whole saga of um, you know the, the the concept cars and going potentially in production but you know 08 the uh, the downturn right the big recession there kind of squashed a lot of programs a lot of activity and kind of 
kind of killed it, but it was, it was super cool. So that was, that was probably my second one. So, all right. Yeah. I understand. All right. Switching gears here because Mr. Willie is a fascinating (laughs) man. This guy is the Howard Stern of radio out of Denver. You can't go anywhere. Like I've been uh, Denver a number of times, but whenever I'm with Willie, you can't step into a, a, a 7-Eleven, you can't go to a gas station, you can't go anywhere. Everybody's like, Willie B, <laughs> Willie, 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 everywhere you go, man. Well, it's because, you know, I, I've been doing radio out here for 30 years, you know, it's the only thing probably, you know, that's longer than my passion for, for cars and automobiles is is perhaps my passion, uh, you know, for, for radio. I, I, I knew in fifth grade I wanted to be a radio DJ. I told my mom I want to be a radio DJ in fifth grade. Um, and you know, I also probably wanted some cool cars in fifth grade too. So I'd say they're a tie, (laughs) but I've been here in Denver for 30 years, um, doing radio and it's wild because I'm known in radio here in Denver as the car guy. And my story began with this particular, you know, uh, sort of subject and world of, of television in 2008, there was a show that I was just a big fan of called Pink's All Out, uh, or yeah. Pink's at the time. Um, yeah, that was a great show. I saw an ad for it, and you know, every racer, I think it thought about that show. I saw an ad for it in a Maxim magazine, and I called Speed Channel and was saying, hey, how can I get somebody to interview about this show? I wanna talk to somebody about this show because it's right up my alley. Well, <laughs> it was funny at the time because the, the guys that created the show this is when I quickly found out you don't necessarily have to be a car guy to be doing car TV. You could just have an idea because the guy they sent to the radio station, it dude, no, he knew nothing about cars and I couldn't understand it. I'm like, wait, you don't have a car yourself. Oh, you don't, you don't race. You don't have a hot rod. You don't, you don't know the difference between a big block and a small block. I got people for that. He he just knew a little bit about the show. (laughs) So yeah, man. So it, it was wild. So then the show came through, came through my town, and I was a big push for the show. I, I, you know, I was a race car driver, so I should premise this by I have a race car. At the time, it was a mid-eight second car, uh, 1969 Dodge Super B. At altitude, right? Yeah, at at altitude, altitude in Colorado. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's much faster now than, than it was then. Um, but at the time, that's all I could muster was, you know, mid-eight second car. It was 2008. And I used to pull big wheelies. I was always fun. I didn't have wheelie bars. I'd hang that thing out on his bumper. And wherever the car sat down, I'd drive it from that moment on. Uh, so it was always <laughs> fun. I was always at the racetrack. I knew a lot of racers. So when Pinks came through town, it was wild because I loved that show. I was super passionate. I had a bar night that I did every Thursday. And we'd go to that bar. And me and all my race car buddies would sit at that, that bar and watch that show and bet on which car would win and all that stuff. Well, as fate would have it, they came through town. I gave away a bunch of uh, positions to be, to be on the show uh, through my radio show. And they gave me a, a run at it and, and let me have a space up there. So I was in the show. Um, and it was wild because that day I just got through this massive build um, on my Super B. And I had a, a part of the head that I had re-welded. Um, it lifted. And so I was like, man, it had a little fracture, a little crack came back in it. So I was, I was out of the race for a minute. And then the night before it came through town, me and another buddy, Scott, um, we decided we had to do it. So we pulled another engine out of another car, 
thrashed and trashed and had this thing up and running the day qualifying was for Pink's at Bandemir Speedway here in Denver. So nice. couldn't believe it. That's hustle. Oh, man. That is hustle I, right there, uh, man. On, on no sleep. Well, me being really good friends with the people that ran Bandemir, um, I was doing a lot of announcements for the, the Speedway and for the track. And it, I, it was it's such a wild tale because I had a, a guy named Bob who I still work with today, and I credit him as being one of my biggest life changers ever. After I made a couple announcements and did a couple things, you know, to the crowd, I, I interact well with the crowd. Um, you know, uh, some people say I, I have the gift of gab. <laughs> uh, yeah, and especially when, when it comes to cars. I do a car show here. I do a bunch of car cruises in Denver. So I'm just a good car guy and a big fan of everybody, regardless of what kind of car you're passionate about. Well, this guy named Bob came up, said he ever thought about doing television. And I said, no, nah, man, I have a face for radio, boss. I'm, you know, I'm a bald man with a face for radio. And he said, uh, you know what? I'm going to give you a call a couple weeks after the, the season ends and talk to you about a position on Speed Channel. And at first I was like, man, there's no way that could happen. But trust me, I was doing cartwheels when I left the track that night. Um, and then a couple weeks later, I, I randomly got a phone call out of the blue. And it was the, the same guy, Bob. And uh, he said, hey, um, all right, so... Here's some info. You're going to start in November and, um, you know, you're going to be uh, you're going to be showing up here. And I think it was uh, Louisiana. I was showing up at some racetrack in Louisiana. And the funny thing was, is I really didn't get too much other than that. As far as the direction, I got hooked up with wardrobe and they gave me my my pinks all out shirt, which, man, I got to tell you, I was so happy about doing that show. I flew to the, the location. I go on the set that day. And they said, okay, here's your cameraman. And the same guy, Bob, has, you know, his directions was the best, the best directions I've ever got in my life. He said, all right, go out there and do you. And that was, that was pretty much the direction I got that day. Man, no one ever <laughs> says that. No I one know. ever says that. They always tell you to and, do uh, something different, you know? <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop doing that. Do this. Do this instead. That's awesome. It was amazing, actually, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a fun time, and I, I had a blast that day, and that kind of springboarded into a couple other opportunities and a couple other shows. When that show was dissolving, um, I was asked about that position on Two Guys, uh, well, how many I, seasons? How many seasons of Pink's All Out did you get to do? Well, 2008 to I think it was finally done in 2012 or 13, somewhere around there. So oh, four yeah. or Three, five four seasons. Oh, four or five. Three, four or five seasons of Pink's Pink's All Out. I also hosted a show, nice. um, Pink's All Out Takes, which was really fun. Yeah. It's just what was going on because Pink's was so massive, man. It was huge, and it was the first drag racing reality show and it was really a yeah. groundbreaker for for that time in that era now there's all kinds of them out there but for that time that was the only game in the wheelhouse in town and it was really unique and it was such a cool momentum to be a part of and i say momentum because that sprung so many other shows so many shows that you know quite frankly i've even done uh, myself i i for a couple of years did a show called grudge race uh, on another network i had a blast hosting that uh, I thought that was a great show. I, I did a show again with, uh, with my friend Bob there and a, another guy for, I think it was for Fox. Yeah, it was. It was called, oh, it was called Burn Down Battle. And I had Jack Beckman, Fast Jack Beckman, as the ghost driver. And he took on guys out of Florida. We, took, we found some, 
some homegrown racers that were just killer in their divisions and their brackets. And we put them against Jack Beckman in two identical cars, two Ford Mustangs, both eight-second cars, like 830s. And these cars would haul the mail, pull wheelies. Um, you really had to get on them. And it was really a uh, anybody-could-win race. And Jack Beckman took the first one. The local guy took the second wow. one. It was two out of three. Right, and then Jack Beckman got the local guy on the third and final race and revealed who he was. Nice. And it was it was a pretty fun, pretty fun battle, man. A really pretty cool race and just a fun experiment there. Very, very cool, man. All right, so you were uh, pinks all out, four or five seasons worth, having a blast, right? Setting mm-hmm. kind of a, a new uh, you know era of television because you know, like I said, you know, you go back twenty years and and car TV was pretty mundane. Right, a couple of guys like <laughs> yeah. busting around with a carburetor, some spark plugs, and now you got head-to-head drag racing. Somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose their car. You know, someone's going to win big cash, like real reality TV. Um, and then, how did that spin off into two guys? Well, the, racing is kind of my jam. I, I, I'm a big, you know, eight mile, quarter mile drag racer guy, road course guy. Um, it, it was pretty cool because we knew that show was dissolving. It kind of ran its course and um, the guy who was in charge of it kind of wanted to go in different directions. Um, so it, it was coming to an end, which was a sad thing, but um, the guy, you know, I, I really feel like uh, sort of the trajectory of my TV stuff changed and altered my path significantly and, and is the reason I, I do TV uh, today. He, he asked me about, he asked me about the two guys garage if I'd ever seen it. And I said, yeah, but you know, I'm a, I'm a race car driver. I don't know, you know, I don't know if necessarily that, that show is, you know, is that if I'm going to be quite frankly, uh, up to par with, uh, with the people that are on it. And it was a wild experiment coming in there that first year. I got to tell you, I was a little bit like a deer in the headlight because I was the guy that would walk into a race store, right? A race, my local race shop. And I'd be like, Hey, there's a nitrous kit or a turbo that makes the car go faster. Yeah. Let me have that. I'm going to put it on the car and I'll handle it. It wasn't until I met you that I, I started to try to understand how to explain that to people. Because normally you just go, oh, man, well, you got a couple of twin, you know, hair dryers over here. It goes in there, some voodoo happens, and boom, you got 1,400 horsepower at the wheels. You know, it, it, was, it was a wild ride. And what I'm very thankful for, uh, I've, I've learned a lot. And uh, it's wild because just a, a little kid that had a different path um, could bring something to the table that maybe is a little bit different, but the path that, that I, I got there with uh, was so exciting and so fun for me. I love cars. I love people. And um, I tend to be very enthusiastic about all of the above. So I think that that's going to help draw the path for me, uh, which brought us together several years ago. And it's been, it's been awesome ever since. Yeah, it's been a great fit because I, I remember the same thing. When I, when I stepped onto Two Guys Garage and Brian Fuller, you know, he'd already been building his brand, his name, an amazing fabricator, you know, tutelage under Chip Foose, you know, so I'm walking in and going, oh my God, I don't know all the things that he knows. And then you realize that, well, here's what I'm bringing, you know, and it's the same thing with you. It's like, well, I'm not a nerd like that guy, but you're bringing, you know, the drag racing, you're bringing the race car stuff, you're bringing the passion, you're bringing 35, 40 cars worth of coolness and builds and, and everything else. And, you know, your gift of gab and everything that brings us together as a team which has been awesome i'll make it quick because i know we got to wrap up but i've always been a car guy i've always built my own muscle cars and race cars i raced 
mile stuff, gone over 200 miles an hour a few times. Um, it, it was always such a cool opportunity for me uh, to be able to, to kind of do that. And uh, it's wild. The first show I did with you guys, I, I do a program called Cars for Christmas. You heard us talk about it on a podcast before. Um, I, I rented a lot of cars, fixing them for needy families. It's kind of like my second biggest passion. Well, I just done a truck that you and Fuller were working on. And I remember y'all were trying to get the power steering pump. And I said, you got to take out that AC compressor bracket. And I said, you move that bolt right there. You can get to it. And they had to do behind the scenes. And all three of them were arguing as to the best route to get it. And I said, I just done one of these for a, for a needy family. I said, if you take that compressor off right there and get that bracket right there, you'll be able to do that and reach that, that power steering pump without having to mess with anything else. And after about 30 minutes of them arguing and fighting with one another, they did it the way I suggested, or ended up doing it. After doing it, couldn't find the route to get to it. They took that bracket off and were able to get to the boat behind it. And I go, okay, well, well maybe he does know something. <laughs> That's uh, right, man. So, uh, Everybody's was... bringing something different to the table. <laughs> and, and I don't know, man, I don't know about you, but um, you see the way I operate. Whatever people have, let's bring it together, because together we're going to do it better. You know? Amen to that, man. Um, and there's always something to learn. I don't care how deep in the woods you are. There's mm -hmm. always something to learn. And uh, it's a cool process doing that while educating other people on uh, unhelpful tips and tricks that make their little weekend warrior machine or their battle in the garage just a little bit better. So speaking of that show, I hope you check it out. It's on the Motor Trend Network. You can check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming format, a great way to find some of the old shows that we're talking about. Uh, thanks to our guest, which is Kevin Bird. <laughs> um, <laughs> and our other guest, which is Willie B. Yeah, our producer, Scoop, and executive producer, ironically, that same man named Bob, Mr. Bob Ecker. Right on. All right, and the host, don't forget the host, that guy, <laughs> Willie B. <laughs> yeah, and he's Kevin Bird. <laughs> right. Don't forget to check out our website. We've got twoguysgarage.com. Share your thoughts with us. We're everywhere on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Two Guys Garage. And this Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyrighted, 2023, Brandon Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Okay, man. You know, I got 30, I probably got 35 hot rods, muscle cars. Uh, ask me which one, if I had to keep one of them, ask me which one it would be. Ooh, I, 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 I got one, I baby. One. I got one. I think I know which one. All right. Let's see if I got it right. Okay. Tell, what, what's your, what's your keeper? What's the one you got to hang on to? It's a 1970 black oh. Dodge charger. Okay. I call I it, I, nick sure. I nicknamed it Titan. I paid $300 for it no. in a field. It was about 14 different colors, had a 318 in it. About, um, I don't know, eight, nine rolls of duct tape in the interior. And uh, after working on it for several hours in that field, I drove it out and drove it for a couple years until I started restoring it myself. I put it in the wall at Bandemir about 130 one time, 140. Um, and it was blue the first time I put it in the wall. And the only time I put it in the wall, and then I restored it black. So it's now in my garage in black, and that's the one I'll hold on forever. I kind of figured that that was the one, <laughs> but I, I I was thinking about that. Was it the Royale? What's the I got a Dodge? Really oh, I got a uh, that'd be the second one, a nineteen fifty eight and a half Dodge Custom Royal D five hundred, that is just an amazing eyebrow type car, one of a kind. Check my Instagram Willie underscore KBPI if you want to check that out or Willie be on Facebook. But thank you guys for paying attention to the podcast, and we hope you'll join us on the next one. Two Guys Garage podcast is produced by Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.